Legacy Podcast, the podcast by and for Concordia St. Paul alumni. Today is Tuesday, September 24th, 2019, and I'm your host, Billy Schultz, the Assistant Director of Alumni Relations. Today, we have an interview with our interim CEO, who serves full-time as our CEO and provost, Dr. Eric Lamott, and he shares a little bit about what's happening at Concordia right now, where we're at um, as an institution and, and in the context of higher education, and some of the things that are coming up on the horizon. We hope you enjoy this interview, but before we jump into that, I would like to remind you, homecoming is a few short weeks away. Um, our wristbands are still available online um, up until October 9th, um, or if you want to buy them at the door, you can still do so on October 12th. Um, to attend our athletic events and Comets Carnival. So I hope you enjoy uh, today's interview with Dr. Eric Lamott. We are here today on Leading in Legacy with uh, Dr. Eric Lamott, who is CSP's interim CEO as well as our COO and provost. Uh, It's great to have you here today, Eric. Thanks, Billy. Great to be here. So we want to talk a little bit today about uh, the state of CSP, mm-hmm. uh, where we're at today, where we're going. But first, we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. So would you be willing to share a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, how you got to CSP and, and what you've done here right. in your years on campus? Oh, sure. Well, it's, you know, I'm truly blessed to be here as long as I've been here. I'm pushing on 26 years here now. Uh, first came as an adjunct or full-time professor uh, directly out of the University of Minnesota. I did my doctorate over there. And uh, was able to, to, to be hired here into the kinesiology program and, and uh, kind of grew up and got all my, my wings clipped, if you will, from the education experience. Went through and got uh, advanced all the way through to full professor and tenure and, and so forth. And at the same time, what's so beautiful about Concordia really is the ability to do multiple things simultaneously. At so many universities, you get hamstrung into one spot and you never get a chance to move out of that lane. And and I was asked early on to pick up the technology responsibilities for the university and became vice president of information technology, then moved on into administration and other things over the course of that 25 years. And, and really the last decade, decade and a half, uh, I've been really in that senior administrative role here. And my, my original roots are from, we were just joking about that, from Boise, Boise Idaho, uh, in the Northwest, and uh, a former got a couple degrees out of Boise State there and a little bit of uh, NCAA coaching in the, in the experience as well, so... Had to had a chance to do a lot of different things in former chapters, if you will. Absolutely, yeah. And and so you've been here for twenty six years now, or going on twenty six years. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen uh, as you look back at those years on on this campus? You know, that's it, it's really kind of fun to think about that. We just went through the hundred twenty fifth university, and everybody's hopefully had a chance to go and read that amended piece from uh, Dr. Thomas Saylor because it really kind of captures a lot of the stuff that's gone on in this last last quarter century. Uh, for me, it's been a, the growth of the university, uh, you know, name change, going to Vision 2, the increased visibility of the institution. Um, certainly, it's it's just scaling in terms of academic programs, both in trad, that exponential growth in the non-trad space and the adult marketplace. I'm really proud of all the graduate programming we've built up and now with the doctoral programs out there as well and continuing to see where that moves into uh, the movement in healthcare. You know, obviously, the, the athletic success has been just unparalleled. And so, so proud of Brady and his teams for all the success they've had with the national championships. But they're not the only one, really. I mean, so we've had a lot of successes there. Um, and so as the university continues to grow and expand and to serve the church, uh, whichever segment, you know, I always talk about that, the pulpit and the pews. And so how can we continue to serve everybody across that spectrum? 
Yeah, so in that vein, uh, looking to serve uh, more and more students, um, mm -hmm. we have the strategic plan here, uh, Vision 2024. Yeah. Uh, could you talk a little bit about uh, that process to develop that plan and um, maybe some of the key tenets of it right now? Sure. Sure. You know, and it's actually, um, it's scaled off of the last five years. So President Reese, who's uh, just recently retired, we built a five-year plan and it had four basic tenets. Um, we were just looking here and just got a, a strategic plan from another university. It's uh, rather voluminous. And uh, one of the key things that we wanted to do on the front line is to make it clear, concise, and accurate about what we're doing and then really what we're not doing. And so we have four goals. You know, I, I always talk our number one responsibility here, our, our core objective is to graduate students with credentials, right? And whether it's an AA, AAS, a, a BBA, BA, whatever, and each of those to be credibly done with quality and accuracy. But at the end of the day, the students are selecting us to get into that space. So the first goal is enrollment. And we know that uh, that's what our mission is. The manner with which we do it is unique as the Lutheran Missouri Synod School. But really, it's it's education and graduating students. And and so goal number one was 5,000 then, and in, in 2024, we've accelerated that to 7,000, so a very aggressive goal. Uh, but, you know, if we can continue to do it with high quality and, and uh, uh, value to the students, then we want to continue to do that and broaden that scope. The second and third goals really are subsets in my mind, although they're identified as separate goals. One is retention, and so the second goal is retain students to graduate, which keeps the enrollment up as well. And then the third one, which is really important to me and I think to most of the campus, which is the relevancy. We have that responsive, relevant, real tagline here. And it's not just a marketing tagline. We really embody that. And, and so having that curriculum, whether it's in church work or whether it's in teacher education, um, health sciences, what have you, nursing, ha uh, that we have high-quality, credible programs with career-relevant experiences. And often think about that because so a lot of people think, well, are we abandoning the liberal arts? And no, no, we're really not. My philosophy is, and I think the campus's philosophy is embedded liberal arts. So, communication skills in 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 nursing or in in uh, DPT or in uh, any of the programs, marketing for that matter, is very very important. And the ability to communicate in written, verbal, oral, and, and uh, to do that in a way that's relevant in that career field, and then the ability to have that transfer for career one, two, and three. You're on. What is this, third career for you here with us? Or yeah, as, second, a, as yeah. a boomerang child to us, <laughs> we were so happy to have you back. By the way. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I know. And so then the fourth goal, you know, those of us that remember Tom Reese, President Reese, it's all about fina financials. And so we needed to make sure that we're running this in a fiduciary way, that we can continue the mission. And so uh, that was all about buying down debt and increasing the net assets with a goal of $5 million. And So the new one is, is very much the same. It's really kind of kept the numbers the same. We changed goal number one. Um, to be 7,000 versus five. And uh, goal number three, we really put much more of an academic emphasis into that applied experiences. So how can we as faculty and professors of, of practice bring that relevancy to the theory that they need to understand to apply? Excellent. So we have a, a bevy of new programs that have launched here oh boy, in the past few years. Um, and, and they've all come about in, in different ways, different mm -hmm. opportunities have arisen. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about uh, these newer programs that, that we have at CSP and uh, kind of how we got to be uh, having sure. them here? Sure. Well, and each one has its own story, right? It's a different chapter. Uh, physical therapy was uh, one of the bigger ones. That was our first major uh, graduate program that was out of scope for us uh, into the healthcare space. And that came through some really thoughtful engagement from some of our board members. And uh, uh, Dr. Lauren Leslie, who was on the board at the time, had done this analysis and said, hey, you know, there's an opportunity here. We should look at it. 
And uh, we put some energy to it, the President's Advisory Council, the Board of Regents, faculty started talking about that and, and put, put some work behind that and some resources to actually start that. And it has proven to be a, a marvelous opportunity for the campus as we just, I think, graduated our third class and are at about 95% uh, pass rates, which is extremely high in the field, and, and the students are already out doing great things. Um, in other spaces, like um, nursing, for example, we've always wanted a nursing program, but it's really cost prohibitive to start. And without a lot of money in the bank and big benefactors to, to kick it off, we were waiting around and look for opportunity. And when, when uh, uh, Globe uh, decided to go out of business for a whole host of reasons we won't go into today, we went over and talked to that ownership group and thought, well, what are those academic programs would we like to maybe acquire? And we were able to pick up the nursing program. We spun that up. Dr. Katie Fisher did an amazing job uh, getting that through uh, accreditation with the rest of her team and uh, had students in there in six months, and now we're continuing to expand in there. Uh, and I just left a meeting here from the newest program, which was when Argosy went out of business, and um, AAS in sonography, which is uh, another me medical space, and it'll be our first AAS degree. Uh, again, able to acquire the talent of the faculty members, the curriculum, um, we're waiting now in the next in five days. We'll have the final final on that from the accrediting agency, but everything says that's going to pass, so that should be no problem. And that'll bring in 50 to 70 students by itself. So we kind of look for opportunities. We did the same thing with the graphic design. Um, at other places, you know, we've put out an MFA. So our, our English professors came in and said, hey, we think we could do an MFA. We think we could do it with high quality. And uh, we looked at it and we put it together. In our strategic plan, we really have these gates, and we look at these gates as as, as critical filters about deciding is there a new program or not. You know, is there a market opportunity for that? Are there students interested in that opportunity? Is that something that's mission fits within our mission? And um, it's most, mostly all, they all do. Um, and uh, if we have the resources, can we do it? If we don't have the resources, do we have a partner that can do it with? And we've done that with the uh, orthotics and prosthetics program at Century College. And then, of course, number five, as always, is it going to make money or not? And it's not that it has to be a cash cow, but it has to make enough money to cover its operating costs and overhead for the university to, to be able to deliver it. Yeah, absolutely. And so between the uh, tuition reset that took place, yeah, uh, it started in the fall of 2013, yep. Um, yep. adding new programs, we've seen this huge enrollment growth to where Last fall, we hit the 5,000 student 5, 000, threshold yeah. for the first time. And, and have uh, record numbers this year, too. So yeah. You're the first to hear it. Yeah, we're yeah. already way over that from last year. So we're bucking the trend, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We, we see all over the country um, enrollments decreasing, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and yet CSP um, continues to grow. Uh, right. Can you speak to, the, to that marketplace? What's happening in higher ed right now? Um, that, that we're kind of a, a golden child in a lot of ways. Well, it is true. I mean, I think if you think back to that reset that you just talked about, it's a great example of Concordia trying to lead from the front. And, um, you know, we were in a strong position. We recognized that our demographic of students, and frankly, the majority of students, price sensitivity was a big factor. Um, amount of debt was a big factor. And so when we did our study on that, uh, that allowed us to get out in front of everybody else. First school in the country to do a tuition reset. We actually coined the term and uh, to do that for all four students. In fact, even this last fall, I had a parent come up to me again saying, had you not done that tuition reset, we would not be here. And she and her daughter were in tears and they wanted to come to a, a faith-based institution and didn't feel like that all the rest of them were uh, financially viable options for them. So continue to look at that. So affordability, which is a sub-tactic of our strategic plan, whether it's in the adult marketplace or in the the traditional undergraduate is a key piece, and so paying attention to what the cost parameters are, 
what the state school costs are, are at, what the competitives are, and then trying to, to na- na- excuse me to navigate ahead of that inside of that space. So that's one piece. The demographics is a big shift in, in part of the country. Northeast is struggling with lots of density of higher ed and very few um, births, which is translating into fewer uh, eligible students. And so they just have a huge challenge to try to be uh, to be financially solvent, and we're seeing schools close all the time. Uh, so being mindful of that, and then that's a good example of when we moved into the adult degree completion program way back, and now we've extended into the online space and continue to expand uh, is, a, is another big player. But I think the ability to be nimble, to be able to pivot, I think that's what's interesting about this institution. Our faculty have been really cognizant of the realities of the industry of higher education, and a lot of people don't like talk about it that way, but at the end of the day, it really is, as we're here to serve and credential students. And it's changed a lot. The media and the politicians have done great harm, I think, to the higher education sector by misrepresenting a lot of the facts of student indebtedness and so forth. Um, they, they aggregate things and, and use them in, in ways that are not legitimate and actual. Um, but that's part of the reality of the world. And so how do we adapt to that and, and trying to continue to do so? So for the uh, the alumni that might be listening to this yeah. that, that may have... Uh, not seeing all the details when tuition was reset. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that process a little bit? Um, what sure. what changed uh, in, in the pricing here at, at CSP? Sure. Well, maybe just to contextualize it a little bit. So we had been studying this for a while before we did that. We actually had about a seven-year, almost eight-year gap of analysis. We did tuition uh, pricing sensitivity studies, just like you do in a general business model. And we had seen that there's a ceiling effect with our core student population of that sticker price being so high that it was going to, people were going to deselect us without us even getting a chance to talk to them or get them a scholarship. And so we started working with our partners. Uh, Rafael Noel Levitz was our financial aid partner. The Lala Group was our marketing and our strategist partner and started to look at where is the right price point to do a reset. So we cut our tuition by $10,000, which kind of took us out of the blood red waters with all the density of Minnesota private colleges here and put us in a position where we have our own space to breathe and we can start competing against in value and price um, against the state school system in addition to the, the private sector. And that's been benefiting us across the board as, as we see students coming from all walks and all diversities to the, to the institution. Yeah, so that definitely opened a lot of doors to, sure to students yeah. that might have totally disregarded CSP. Exactly. I mean, yep. to say that yeah, this is too expensive, Right, not going to look at that. And that doesn't matter if they were in you know, our church body or if they were in um, you know, uh, uh, any of our general majors as well. It's, it, price is an issue. Families are not in the same resource space that maybe um, our, my family was when I went to school uh, or were able to support or willing to. I think that's another change. It's just the demographic has a different mindset on this. In the end of the day, they all want the quality credential. Um, few want to pay very much or take out much debt for it. Um, and all the data clearly points to the return on that investment is far better than not having the degree. But at the same time, um, the media have harpened on this. The, uh, the political arm has done the same thing. And as we move into this next cycle, you hear it every fall, right? It's too much debt. Is this worth it? The ROI, it's kind of the same thing. But we all know that's, that, that's not true. And I think for the alumni, I think what's really neat to think about and what I'm very prideful about is as we do this, we're raising the visibility of the institution. Part of my job is to help increase the brand visibility of Concordia so that when people think of us, they think of our talented alumnus in, uh, as equitable or greater so than, than the competitive set in the region and nationally, depending upon where they're at. And we're seeing that, you know, and that's, that's our goal. So how do we keep putting that 
that innovation out in the forefront and as schools around the country seek us out to, to understand how we do it, um, one of the tenets we had is we're willing to share the methodology. We recognize they have to have the gumption and the strategy to execute it. And some that have done it and done it well are seeing the same benefits. Those that did it or didn't push it all the way through um, struggle perhaps a little bit more, but are still benefiting from the strategy. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting, too, because when I came here as a freshman 15 years ago, 15. Uh, um, you don't have much gray hair. there. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> the uh, a lot of people I would, I would say, you know, I go to Concordia and they would be like, oh, the one in Moorhead. Right. Right. And and that was a common theme even um, after graduating right. that people didn't realize there was a Concordia in the Twin Cities. Independent too. Um, right. Yeah, not connected at all through the Correct. the Concordia University system of the LCMS. And, and so I feel like that's really changed a lot. When yeah, I say I worked at Concordia in St. Paul, people are like, oh yeah, I've heard of that or I know someone right. who went there. And I, I just, you know, give I'm credit glad. to to the leadership here for for making that happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a it's lot of intentional nice work. Absolutely. It has been a lot of intentional work and continuous. You got to stay on it all the time, right? Because it's only relevant to those that are seeking education when they're seeking education. Uh, and I was actually just with an alumnus today out at, um, at Medtronic and she, she's going to join one of our, our committees uh, to give back. And her point was that the quality of the experience that she had here was unparalleled. And she'd gone to several other schools and gone to big schools out on the East Coast. And her ability to traffic the experience that she had here with our faculty and professors of practice into her career space has allowed her to advance 25 years now at Medtronic. And just couldn't say enough about that experience and how proud she is of, of the great work she and all her peers are doing. And for us, that's important to know, too, is we're here to serve the alumnus, too, as they come back for other credentials, whether it's a micro-credential or a another degree of some sort as, the, as we all looked at lane change and move on. Uh, we're there for them, but at the same time, that value is still present and we, we believe growing all the time. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, and there, there's lots of new things on the horizon oh, too. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's the things probably you can't, you can't, you can't speak, speak about else, yet right? um, in this format, but, but could you talk a little bit about some of the things that are maybe starting this academic year or that we're looking, looking forward to uh, in the coming few years? Well, just so many new things coming up. So let's talk. We'll pick one area. Let's talk about sports for a second. You know, the sports talk radio. You know, the um, the athletic program continues to grow. So we added esports this year. First school in the Twin Cities to have scholarship esports. People go, what? Really? Esports? Yeah, it's it's amazing space. It really is, and it's it's ties to a lot of things like group dynamics and business and politics and communication skills and psychology. So a lot of the students in that space. So that's going to add more students that want to come and participate in that and secure their degree here. We also announced uh, a unique public-private partnership with women swimming and diving. So we're going to be working with uh, a school here in the regional metro, and uh, they're building a brand-new swim center. They're going to actually build it big enough for uh, college competitions as well, university competitions, and build out a locker room for our women. And uh, next year we'll have that going. So we just hired coaches started here this last week. So trying to look at those innovative spaces, we brought on lacrosse before anybody else did. Now everybody's bringing in women's lacrosse, and, and those ladies have done amazing things. I already went to postseason play this within year, year three, and uh, to see them roaming the halls, I have to look up all the time now. It's kind of like volleyball. And when I first started 25 years ago, I could look at them in the eye, Billy, but now I'm looking up you know, and <laughs> craning my neck to see the talent out there. Um, and uh, you know, for us, athletics is a big thing. It's a brand competition. So it, we know that athletics is tied to the quality of brand people perceive. It's just the way the business is. And we're very proud of the of the success that program has had. 
we're, uh, we're, we're continuing to build out our church work programs. We've got a, a new faculty. We've brought in three new faculty in the, in the last five years and, and uh, some amazing talent insights that I think are going to continue to prepare us for the future um, of what the church is and where it wants to go inside of, inside of our world. Um, so that's an interesting program. Um, you know, some of the newer talent, the other growth is we've just brought a lot more faculty on. Um, and they each bring a new ethos to it. And it's so fun to see mid-career faculty, not just like me. When I came, I was a you know greenhorn right out of the university. And people that have been out in the space and say, no, I want to work at a place like that. One, it's innovative. B, I get to be a part of that change. I get to be, be able to action on it. I get to work and talk about my faith in, in conjunction with that. Um, so so th- that adds interesting insights, and we find new th- new nuggets from inside of those comp- those, uh, those those talks with those faculty members. Uh, you know, new facilities. I think it, that's the other piece. We've been cleaning up and expanding the existing facilities. You know, because these some of these buildings are are go back quite a while, <clears throat> and we want to make sure they're they're as functional and, and valuable to students. But then, you know, we need we know we're landlocked, and that's a big problem for us. And so picking up uh, the Midway Central Midway. Medical building, which is now Reese Tower, so fun to name that after President Reese, um, and then the city now dropping a brand new park right next to it. I mean, boy, next year you're going to be looking out your window, and I think you do get a look out that window. I do, yes. <laughs> yeah, you've got one of the, the gorgeous views. So all alumni, you must come see Billy's office, <laughs> and and marvel at the, the the wonderful heights he's moved to. Yes, <laughs> um, but that new park, it's called Peace Park, and the city is funding a brand new park, and it's going to be right there. They're going to redo our parking lot, so just the aesthetics of the space expand. Um, and so continuing to think forwardly, how do we make small steps that are meaningful towards the students and their experiences here? Yeah. Yeah. And even the addition of the Beam Crossroads. Oh, the Beam uh, Crossroads. Isn't that oh, great? I mean, yeah. Small talk about, things make huge differences. Talk about being able to have events in the, in the Banger Education Center or the, yeah. the old library, as a lot of alumni remember it. Right, right. Um, but have that accessibility factor and have restrooms close restrooms. by and, and just space to gather. Well, and the new business so offices are in there. So mm-hmm. the dean's offices are put up. The Frau and Shoe Entrepreneur Center is built into there. So again, it's a great example of how thrifty the university is to put in high quality uh, elements to augment existing spaces to allow us to continue to grow. Yeah, it's we're so blessed to have the beams and all the contributors to to fund that option and and uh, you know even the Cross of Christ, which is which is relatively new. Yeah, the value that's created in terms of space. You know, this uh, well, we'll pitch out for next week, right? We've got uh, the upcoming president uh, Friedrich is coming in. He's going to be speaking at chapel, and then we'll have a reception at Cross of Christ afterwards on the Friday the thirteenth, Founders Day. Yes. Yeah, and that's another exciting thing um, coming on the campus is we have we have a president who is yeah, uh, going to be starting January 1st of 2020. Exactly. Uh, Reverend Dr. Brian Friedrich from Concordia University, Nebraska is a alum. He's an alum. CSP right? alum and, and so does wife. Well. Yeah, yep. so we're yep. excited to have them Dr. Lori. Uh, join Lori. us on campus, uh, become part of this community in a new way. and uh, It's all part of that strategy of growth and ex- excitement. And again, here's... I would say he's a little past mid-career, but not too far. Honestly, boss, I'm saying that with all due love. <laughs> that, but, uh, but you know, in a, in a space where he could choose to go wherever he wants. Right? He could stay where he's at. He didn't have to come here. And so it was been so fun just interacting with him and, and learning about his aspirations, how he sees such great things here for us, and we'll, he'll be able to share that in future times with, with the alumni through this, this vehicle. But um, and the ideas about where we can go at the next generation. We've moved from a small college to a, to a small university. Now we're moving from a small university to a medium-sized university. 
and what that brings forward is just it's super exciting. A lot of challenges, but 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 good challenges in, in most part. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to those challenges? Uh, you you know, besides things you that... sitting across from me, that challenge? No. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, I, the biggest challenge for me that I observe is is really um, a couple of fold. First of all, it's talent. You know, you're, you're an example of that, bringing talent back to the institution to scale and grow. And you see it in a different way than you were here when you were a student or even when you worked briefly afterwards. And then um, to recognize how much bigger we can be. I like taking people up to the ninth floor of the Reese Tower and saying, let's look down on the campus. Because it's like when you're flying in an airplane, you see that, that city, it's all square and all the lines kind of line up unless you're flying to St. Paul. You know, that's different, you know, but at the same time, it gives you that sense of something it can be bigger than it than it's originally thinks it is. So we're above the trees. We see the vision. And uh, th- that's going to be a big part of where it's going. So getting that talent is our number one part. I tell everybody I'm in talent acquisition mode. How do we help find good quality faculty and staff? Another thing that happened with some of these um, these closures of these for-profit schools, well, there's a lot of amazing talent in various levels in there. We've been able to secure some wonderful people, our registrar, our uh, financial aid director are two examples of many that have come over, and, and they, too, see the value of getting to extend their career in a space that ha- that is very liberating, such as Concordia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the other, but you know, you asked the other, other challenge. The other one that I wake up daily on is space. You know, we're full. I think what I heard today from from our, our housing group, we're at about 98% full, which is full, full, because you usually want to have a little flexibility for moving people around, you know, Billy and Eric can't be good roommates or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so how do we keep growing and not have enough facilities to meet those needs? And this classroom starts to fill out and we start to fill out this schedule. How can we be uh, getting ourselves in a space to grow? Even the Midway building or the Reese Tower, we're already almost 40% into that. And as we add the, the AS sonography program, which is going up on the eighth floor, and we start expanding some new things. And with the an Orbis partnership for nursing, which will take another floor, and a couple of other partnerships we're negotiating in there. We're going to be full already. And um, uh, so how do we keep finding that right space that's the right size and, and not overspend for it? Yeah, and that's definitely something yeah, we encourage alumni to come visit us oh, because um, it's amazing even in you know, my time here how much mm-hmm. has changed on this campus and, and people who maybe were here you know, 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, right. they can really see how you know there's still a lot of recognizable things from when they were here yep. Meyer Hall the classroom building the right. chapel some of the dorms Luther the science Hall. building yeah. you know yeah. music building those you know staples of campus yet right. there's so much new activity and 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 renovations and right. improvements it's it's just phenomenal because it feels like home still but yet you know, yeah. it's it's kind of uh, an HGTV show. I was just going to say HGTV <laughs> just took over, and, and we continue to add value there and, and put, you know, new spaces come together, and, and uh, it's just really a fun spot to be in. It's, you know, got to come to homecoming. If you haven't been here to homecoming in the last few years, you've got to find a way to take your family, bring your family here. It's a perfect family event, and uh, this year's going to be no exception. Uh, it's just amazing how the home, the other teams, it's so funny because the other football teams and volleyball and soccer teams, they want to know when our homecoming is, so they want to schedule it to be here with us. Not just because they hope to beat us at our homecoming, but it's really because they like to see the the, the celebration atmosphere that we put together, and they just, you know, they, they love it, and we love them to be here with us. Yeah, so definitely 
there's still time to buy your wristbands right, online. Yeah. Um, and if you don't buy them online, you can buy them at the door. Yeah. Uh, decide last minute to come to homecoming. I uh, definitely would love to have as many, many of you as possible yeah. here for that. It's, Enjoy. It's, and, it's so fun to meet. So, I mean, uh, you know, again, I've been here for 20 plus years and I see a lot of the alums that I've had in class mm-hmm. and uh, just to see where their lives have grown and for them to connect with others as well. Don't wait for a class reunion to, to come back and uh, make it part of your trip if your kids are in college or getting ready to just go to school. We saw some of those at the youth gathering this summer. It was fun to see the, the alumnus bring their kids by for the, to, to see us at the booth over at the convention center. Yeah, and that was such a cool experience to have the LCMS so youth gathering, which is typically held in you know southern cities that you know, no one really wants to go to during Humid. the middle of July. Right. It's, it's here in Minneapolis, yeah. and CSP has the opportunity to interact with so many people um both uh, like you've said in other settings both prospective traditional students but also adults who might be wanting to get a different degree or uh get a graduate degree um just just open the doors for so many connections and just for them to come to know concordia st paul in a way that maybe they didn't think about us you know that they're in a city it's actually not a scary city we had students taking the light rail back and forth enjoying it they actually you know almost nine thousand or so came to campus in various district events and had a marvelous, you know, memory-making experience with the uh, with the lumberjack team and and you know feeding them and all playing out there. And I mean, how many kids went home soaking wet trying to walk across the uh, the log rolling stuff? But just huge beams on their face and and uh, for them to think about Concordia in a different way. And you know, we know that a lot of the students that are going to youth gathering aren't necessarily going to go all go into church work. They're going to go into everything, but they want to come to a Christian university, and that's our our bread and butter. And now they know us better. And uh, we have already seen the fruits of that, and it was so nice to be able to showcase Concordia's true, you know, luster to our to our church body and to all the members that were there to to be able to carry that message back home as they start to think about that in the future. Yeah, definitely, it was just it was so fun. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was a blessing to have that happen and good weather uh, too. Yeah, you know, we didn't have any oh. any rain delays on any of the outdoor activities and. Had a wonderful message in front of the mass one one evening from Concordia St. Paul. That was an, another great experience. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to present CSP to twenty one thousand yep. people. Yep. Uh, tell our story. You can uh, see uh, that presentation on our uh, alumni Facebook page. Uh, we recorded it. That's fun. And uh, if I you like haven't to show watched that it yet, presentation. So yeah, definitely like to to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. And you'll be very you know people should be very proud. It was great. The choir did an amazing mm-hmm. job really kind of captures the ethos of who we are in addition to the spoken word. And, you know, Chris Gibson, one of our, our alums and, and employees now, uh, and actually student, he's re- returning, is in the MFA, just had a great spoken word that, mm-hmm. that just set us apart, I think, from all the other schools, which is, you know, our strategy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So any closing thoughts from you about uh, what you're excited about coming up here at CSP or uh, uh, things people should be aware of well there's just you know there are a lot of things going on so don't assume that nothing's happening on campus check out the website check out the alumni site check out the you know the, you know download the apps you can watch a lot of our stuff online now too that's the other space you can get out there and see things um, the uh, the chapel page and see what's happening in chapel um, but the growth that's happening you know it's unparalleled for us we've got record numbers again this year we're very blessed to be there and to be able to serve students and we want to continue to do that and we know that that comes with alumnus support whether it's ideas about new programs or resources or just sharing the word most people know us and come to us by word of mouth as much marketing and branding as we do around the country it's word of mouth and that to me is most important because that means people that invested their lives and money um, saw value in it and wanted to recommend it to their friends 
Yeah, absolutely. That that is such a crucial piece. Having yeah. people share their experiences, their share their what they love about Concordia, mm-hmm. and I mean that's a that's a draw for yeah, prospective students. So that's right. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time and for being you, uh, with us today, Eric. And uh, we look forward to seeing all the exciting things this academic year Absolutely. and beyond. Absolutely. Go Bears. We're just really excited about all that's happening right now at Concordia, our growth and programs and student body and all the changes that continue to happen here on campus and throughout uh, Concordia. Um, really thankful for Dr. Lamont and his leadership and looking forward to President Friedrich joining us in a few short months. And uh, looking forward to talking with him sometime soon, too. Uh, our next episode comes out in two weeks. It's with an uh, interview with Corn Saunders. Uh, she's a dual degree alumna who uh, is one of this year's Educare of the Year award winners. Um, and that award will be conferred on her at homecoming weekend. Uh, so we're excited to talk with her and hear her story about uh, Concordia and uh, her, her career as an educator. Uh, so we thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Bye.